0: Hello, and welcome to the DKSH PSP podcast, where we discuss patient solutions, increasing healthcare access, adherence, and convenience in Asia Pacific. I am your host, Colin Lopez, partnership lead for the APAC patient and payer solutions team at DKSH. Today's conversation is with BJ Singh, global head of the healthcare business unit at DKSH. We discuss the importance of patient support programs as well as the development of the offering at DKSH. We also dive in to why DKSH is in a unique position to provide these programs in Asia. Hi, BJ. Thanks for joining us today. Can you start off by telling the listeners a bit about yourself and your career?
1: Sure, happy to. So, um, yeah, I'm a bit of a mutt. I've uh, lived and worked in four continents, um, I'm a Canadian citizen, ethnically Indian, born and raised in Hong Kong and lived and worked in four continents. So it's indeed a privilege um, to have had that opportunity um, and uh, I've spent over 30 years now um, in healthcare and uh, sort of jumped into it by accident. I won't go into how that happened, uh, but I've loved I, I've loved it. I, I love that it happened. I spent um, over 20 years working in uh, large pharmaceutical companies. So I have an idea of, um, of uh, what a client uh, demands and, and what the needs are from a client perspective or a principal perspective, however you like to, to frame it, manufacturer, um, and eight years um, working with uh, DKSH in a variety of capacities.
0: Okay, fantastic. Yeah, it seems you've been all over the place in your career. So now at DKSH, can you tell us a little bit more about your role and kind of what does it entail?
1: Sure. So uh, the title is Global Head of Healthcare, and I I have, um, you know, uh, two capacities. One is a member of the executive committee and and, um, um, sitting on that executive committee and Providing my views and uh, you know helping to foster the direction for DKSH Group um, as a senior exec, and then the other one is leading, and the big part is leading healthcare, um, which is the largest business unit in uh, DKSH, both in terms of profitability and top line, uh, not in terms of people yet. Uh, maybe that's a good thing. Um, and you know, a big part of my role is setting the strategy. Um, where we will play, how we will win—in a simple, uh, simple um, framework for what I think strategy is—and um, and then ensuring that we have the resources, the people, the money, um, and making the right choices to to win. And that includes, you know, um, uh, um, motivation includes. Um, um, Performance reviews includes uh, performance management um, and, and a lot of empowerment and deciding, you know, where we empower and where, um, you know, we have to step in. So I think the fun part is every market's quite different and DKSH is pretty entrepreneurial. Uh, so we really try to adapt ourselves um, to the needs of the market, as well as our strengths relative to the competition. And and then just, um, yeah, and then just go for it. And I I think it's fun being a a GM in this environment because the many who who work uh, realize that they are actually empowered to to make a lot of decisions and set the the tone of um, how DKSH operates in that country.
0: Oh, great. So it's clear that you kind of drive everything that is the D-K-S-H business unit healthcare. So for the listeners that may not be familiar, can you share a bit more about what exactly is the healthcare unit at D-K-S-H? What are the key areas of the business?
1: Sure. So, you know, a simple way to think about D-K-S-H is we connect um, a client, a manufacturer to the market, to the customer. Um, And we, because we operate and we uh, in the country for 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 many years, we have a deep understanding of that customer. When I'm talking about customer, I'm talking about healthcare providers, hospitals, pharmacies, clinics, um, essentially locations where patients will go to seek and access treatment. So we have um, what we call capillary distribution in most markets, where um, you know representative of DKSH is visiting. Uh, those customers, either for um, uh, distribution of product and/or um, providing information, providing medical information to uh, healthcare professionals, and so I think our knowledge of of that customer base is extremely valuable to to manufacturers and brand owners who um, you know have done a super job of building their brand or developing a product. Um, but, you know, either don't have the express know-how of how to, um, build that brand in that market, or, you know, don't have a cost-effective, uh, means of, of ensuring that that product is distributed. So, you know, we have one arm, which is very much about physical distribution, um, which is third-party logistics, if you like, uh. Uh, warehousing, transportation, um, and, and credit collection distribution. We have another arm which is very much about uh, commercial um, uh, outsourcing or commercial operations where we're uh, involved in all elements of sales and marketing and omni-channel support right up to e-commerce, digital marketing. Uh, we also are a brand owner and have a, our own portfolio of brands. And then we're also very interested in in Um, entering into new value-added services such as patient solutions, which I'll talk about in a moment.
0: Oh, that's great. So then you've been supporting uh, healthcare companies throughout Asia for a while now. What are some of the key changes that you've noticed over the years?
1: Yeah, so I think point number one would be the customers are much more open to being accessed in, in different manners. So I think we're not at the stage of fmcg in terms of digital communication yet but i think uh, that is entering much more you see it in consumer health and e-commerce you don't yet see uh, many uh, pharmaceutical products or prescription pharmaceutical products being accessed through e-commerce yet um, in a few markets but not many in asia practitioners whether they're pharmacists whether they're doctors are also much more akin and much more open to uh, be engaged uh, through digital channels. So I think that's something that wasn't there when I started in the industry. I mean that the platforms just weren't there, but also the level of attention of doctors to to be able to um, to access. I, I think. You know, 20, 25 years ago, many doctors would like to attend in-person roundtable discussions, other forums to learn more. And I think they're appreciating that uh, they can access this education, um, this information online, sometimes at times that suit them because they have busy practices. I think, um, uh, you know, that's one major change I've seen. I think the second that I've seen is a big drive towards specialty medicines and, Um, and treatment of chronic care. I think a lot of primary care diseases are now quite well treated. Um, Yeah, there can be improvements there and special populations that can be treated, but in general, I would say many primary care ailments are, um, there are good treatments and there are quite many generic treatments available. I think, um, however, in specialty diseases, we see huge advancements in oncology, for example. I mean, if I look at the the degree of targeted therapies and novel science in terms of treating patients and improving lives and extending life, really, or improving response rates. It's just incredible. Uh, I think there's also been a boom in, in areas such as rare diseases, in areas such as immunology. So I see many, many cases where the pharma industry has changed as a result. And in specialty diseases, there needs to be a lot more interaction with the patient themselves. And I think the pharma industry is very, very keen to to engage with patients in a compliant manner. Hmm.
0: Interesting. So as you've identified these trends, how have you helped to lead DKSH in adapting to this rapidly evolving healthcare landscape?
1: So we talked about you know, omni-channel and and omni-channel involves um, not just visiting healthcare professionals with sales representatives, physical sales representatives, but we have, for example, in many many markets, uh, what we call virtual sales reps, which are calling on physicians remotely, um, digitally uh, through the telephone. We have you know digital platforms to access physicians. Um, we also have invested a lot in e-commerce, so we are looking at a plethora of ways to engage with healthcare professionals at dksh um, and using relevant platforms um, external platforms whether that's whatsapp uh, line email um, and, and and other media i think the other is to understand that there are needs i talked about patient solutions before And many years ago, um, you know, coming from industry, I realized this was an area that clients were going to need more and more help in. um, Because of patient confidentiality, I understood that clients could not hold patient data in-house. They needed to have Um, that held outside the company, but still they wanted to have an element of control in how these patient solutions were being developed and how they were being um, communicated. So I saw a need and and we started looking at that many years ago. It took us a few years um, to get it off the ground. I also believe very much that it needed to be something that could be scalable. And so it needed to have a digital platform behind it not only would that make it scalable, but I think it would make it more affordable eventually and um, something where that data stream that we could capture could be eventually used for a variety of, uh, of good. Um, so that was an area that, um, frankly, I conceived eight years ago. And then, you know, just brought in a group of people that actually could make it happen. And it's become actually an exciting area for growth for us.
0: Great. So just taking a step back for maybe listeners who aren't as familiar, um, can you just help to maybe describe what is Patient Solutions and what are patient support programs?
1: Sure. So I think it first starts with understanding the patient journey in a particular disease or a particular um, Affliction that a patient might have, and understanding what I call our leakages from that um, from that patient journey, where what can uh, cause patients to either drop out um, or you know not take the therapy that uh, they're prescribed, and and I, what we found is areas that uh, we think we could add a lot of value to to patients. Um, would be patient access, uh, would be patient adherence, uh, patient education, and uh, patient affordability. So those are four. I mean, you could also add to a certain extent convenience and uh, making it easier for patients to access the therapy. Uh, but those four 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 and a half areas, I think, are the areas that we see we could help uh, patients healthcare professionals, and clients um, in terms of addressing those areas of leakages through what we call patient support programs, so engaging with patients to address those potential areas of leakage.
0: I see. So clearly these programs have a lot of value to the patients in helping them achieve better outcomes and be able to access these medicines. Also for doctors is being able to use patient support programs as a tool to better help guide the patients through uh, their patient journey. Why, in your perspective, have you mentioned in recent years that the clients, pharmaceutical and medical device companies have become more interested in being involved in the space? Why do you see this to be the case?
1: Yeah, I think uh, a lot of it is because um, when you're dealing with some of these uh, diseases, I think there's a few big needs. One, these products are often quite expensive. And in many of the markets where we operate in Asia, uh, many of these patients don't have um, reimbursement or insurance coverage, so the cost of therapy, uh, full therapy, may be prohibitive. And then the company wants to think about how can they provide access and actually give the value to the patient themselves. And if they try to pass that along, you know, through the customer, i.e., through the pharmacist or through the hospital or through the healthcare pr- uh, practitioner. Uh, sorry to say, but there might be an interest of that customer to take part of that value. And um, I think the idea that the client um, or the manufacturer has is they would like to see the patient um, get as much of that value as possible. They, they don't mind compensating other customers along the way for their, um, their efforts, their, uh, their time, um for signing patients onto these programs but they want to make sure that the that the value that they're that they're providing they're willing to provide through let's say a discount or let's say a uh buy one buy x get y actually gets to the patient um so i think that's a big reason why they also want to you know ensure that the patient also gets value in terms of of time because Many healthcare practitioners, unfortunately, are super busy um, because of the way they're stretched, the number of patients that are coming to visit them. They can't afford to give anything more than a few minutes to each patient. And that's just simply not enough to, to follow up. And, 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 you know, there's, I remember reading um, something that, you know, within 24 hours of a patient walking out of a physician's office, they've forgotten 50% of what a a physician said. So I think that a lot of clients are very keen to have um, education on the product, how it's best given, what side effects there might be, as well as about the disease. Because a lot of the times, uh, as I said, through the statistic, um, the patient walks out um, and uh, they need more information. And they need a reliable place to get that information. Um, so I think they, a lot of the clients, see this as adding value. And for the healthcare practitioners themselves, I think they see the patient support program as being a vehicle an avenue by which, um, you know, essentially they can connect with their patient to provide after, you know, after visit support and. Um, I think the patient then sees this as an extension of the healthcare professional and, um, and sees that as a value. I see.
0: So in terms of building these patient support programs, you see a lot of uh, companies out there, a lot of startups that are really trying to solve uh, this problem and really help patients through this journey. Why do you feel that DKSH is maybe in a unique position or really is, um, is the key player that should be helping to run these patient support programs through the region?
1: I think there are three key um, areas that we can add value. I think number one, I go back to our um, capillary distribution, our deep market knowledge and deep market reach. So we tend to cover um, many of these physicians already and have relationships with them and know who they are. Uh, so I think point number one, that puts us into a very uh, strong position and a trusted position. I think the second, we have good relationships and strong relationships already with many of these clients. We work with them in multiple markets. They know us. We've worked in uh, in Asia for over 150 years, um, and we have you know key client relationships. And I think the third one is we have a strong commitment as a, um, a trusted advisor, as a publicly listed company, and just Really, our own values to act with integrity and act with a degree of compliance. So, as we develop these programs, one of the first things that we emphasize was a, a strong need to follow standard operating procedures, to do things with compliance, to um, you know, to create proper firewalls. Um, and I think that gives clients, customers, healthcare pr- practitioners, and patients a sense of confidence, a sense of trust in working for us, working with us, that quite frankly, a small company would not have the scale to to do all three of these things. They might be able to do very well in the technology um, and come up with an awesome technological solution. But I think they would lack the relationships in the country. They would lack the relationships with the clients. And I think that the investment for them to uh, to continue to invest in in building high integrity solution with the the types of standard operating procedures that I've mentioned, I think would be you know would be quite onerous for them. Mm.
0: Yeah. So looking back, uh, when you mentioned PSPs as an idea at DCSH years ago, um, kind of coming to fruition over the last couple of years. How can you help to describe maybe how has that PSP offering developed to DKSH or how has it evolved over time?
1: Yeah, so look, when we started, um, I remember it was a, a concept. that started, I think, in Taiwan five years ago with a lot of manual programs, um, and it required um, hiring a lot of nurses and running the programs very manually while. Patients were satisfied while clients were satisfied. The challenge was we did not find it scalable and we didn't find it sustainable because it's just super expensive to run and to need to have that many people. Um, So I think uh, starting and seeing that clients uh, needed and wanted such a service, the next point was then, okay, how could we scale it? Uh, and that involved moving from a, uh, a manual platform to a more digital platform, um, which we built at DKSH, or with, rather, we built, we we partnered, we found a, a partner that could build it. Um, and, and then we worked with them to, to customize it um, and make it relevant for, for our clients and our customers. And then I think, you know, I said we started in Taiwan. Um, and we chose six countries really that we thought this would be most relevant and we doubled down on those six countries. So even though we operate in 15, we didn't try to become the United Nations within DKSH and try to do it everywhere. Um, We said, let's pick these six and understand that we needed to invest in uh, capabilities, um, which really is all about people. Um, and in, needed to invest in operations uh, to actually deliver. We needed to develop, uh, invest in business development to, um, to to sign on new clients. We needed to invest in in uh, design and development of these programs. So um, w- these were capabilities, and eventually, you know, we we started to build additional capabilities in quality assurance in um, in um, platform development and, and eventually, you know, um, uh, the area that you're working in Colin, which is partnership outreach and and how do we work with, with other members of this ecosystem um, so that we, we add value and um, we can, we can build whether that's going to be payers or insurers or um, telecom companies or, external social media platforms so that we continue to engage with with patients and add value to patients. That's great. It's clear that DKSH Patient
0: Solutions has come a long way since um, starting a few years back. So not looking back anymore, but looking ahead, what are you most excited for about uh, patient solutions at DKSH in the coming years?
1: Well, I think scaling it. We're really touching the surface of this, even in, even in markets where um, you know, we have, let's say, the highest market, ratio, uh, market share, our penetration is still very low. Uh, I think once we see it work, um, what what I see is a client starts to get very excited and then says, oh, we'd like to do this with you in m- multiple markets. So um, I think it's getting the trust with our clients to to have more of them say exactly that and then say, well, you know, why do we need to to do customized ones in each market. We understand the patient journey. Yeah, of course, there will be nuances in each market, um, but let's then run this patient solution program that addresses these two leakage points across every market. So I think that's going to be great. It lets us then reach more patients, help more patients get better outcomes, as you said. Um, And then as we hit that scale, um, we can do better in in streamlining and in, in finding cost efficiencies and hopefully bringing the cost of these down so they're accessible to more clients, accessible to more patients. So I think, frankly, it's touching more patients. We're, we're really stretching the surface here. And I think it's um, it starts with building that trust with with clients, with customers, and with patients themselves to, to, to be able to, to get that. And you know, I'm hoping that I'll pick up the paper one day or I'll talk to my successor, you know, several years down the road and they say, you know, we built a hundred million dollar business in this. uh, And I think this is very, very possible because we're adding that much value. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Thanks. Um, Yeah. Clearly very exciting days ahead uh, with DKSH Patient Solutions. Um, So. Those are all the questions that I have for you today, BJ. Thank you so much for joining us. And uh, I believe it was a very insightful conversation. So thanks a lot for your time. Take care, Colin. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the DKSH PSP podcast. You can find more about DKSH patient solutions and the suite of patient support programs available at DKSH in the show notes. If you found today's discussion interesting, please follow or subscribe to our channel to keep up to date on the latest news about patient solutions in Asia Pacific. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for follow-up episodes, you can email us with the link provided in the show notes. Also, feel free to reach out to us to explore potential areas of collaboration. Again, I am Colin Lopez. Thank you for listening.